to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And today I'm so excited to have Sophie Hon from Singapore with me. Sophie is a coach, trainer and the founder of Party Moms, a mindfulness center for moms and moms-to-be. She is equipping parents, professional coaches and therapists around the world with mind management tools to achieve a fulfilling life. She has empowered many working moms to integrate career and family so they can enjoy fulfillment in life. Sophie's mission is to empower hearty and fulfilled parents to raise hearty and resilient children who will, in turn, make our world into a hearty and happy place. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Thank you so much, Esther, for having me. So let's jump right into your story. What has been the most turning moments in your life? Oh, um, I used to live a life where uh, success was defined by others, you know, such as wealth or academic achievements or power and awards. Um, and then I think the biggest turning moment for me was when my younger child um, suffered from a chronic illness and it showed me how fragile and precious life is. So at that time, I was around uh, maybe 40 and I started to think about, you know, my life and, and, you know, what was happening in the last 40 years of my life and what I wanted to live, how I wanted to live in the next uh, few years. So I, I looked at my life in blocks of 20 years and I thought, okay, the first 20 years, I was very much focused on uh, learning and academic and from 20 to 40, I was, you know, working, trying to accumulate some uh, wealth, you know, earning some money because that's, you know, where, we, where you start from. And then I started to ask myself, what do I want to do for my next 20 years? What would be um, meaningful for me? So that was where I started searching. And interestingly, yeah, when, when, you, when you start looking around, and your ears are open and your eyes are open, I think an opportunity comes. And yeah, I took it up and yeah, the rest was history. <laughs> and what did you do then at 40? Mm -hmm. So maybe a little bit of a background about myself. So I always wanted to be a doctor, but I ended up becoming an engineer. And so my, my first job was actually as a product engineer in Germany. And uh, it, was, it was fun. I it was, you know, kind of, it was very interesting because I was in a different culture and I, you know, could interact with people who, who were very different from where, uh, in terms of their lifestyle from where I was brought up. Um, I saw how they really appreciated life and, you know, really um, immersed themselves in nature and were so proud of their culture. Um, but then it was very boring for me in terms of my work after a while because I was interacting with the computer most of the time. And I loved interacting with people. And so after a while, um, I, I, I changed my job and I started to work in a management role. And there I had the opportunity to interact with people. 
and I think it was it was fun and interesting for a while because yes, that that fulfilled a part of what I liked, which was you know uh, interacting with people and 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 um, sort of helping and organizing. Um, but then I actually started feeling quite stressed in that role, and I started to feel quite unfulfilled. I would wake up feeling like this, like there's no meaning in the job. I didn't really want to get out of bed and go to work because I couldn't see um, how that was fulfilling my other life purpose, which was actually to um, help other people. Because I was still having that kind of, a, I want to be a doctor kind of <laughs> a thinking, but of course, you know, I was in a different uh, profession. So one day I attended a business mastermind and there there was a mental age coach uh, who was helping all these business professionals to improve their business. So I was there wanting to improve on what I was, my, my, my business skills. Um, but what this mental age coach did really blew my mind. And like, I, I realized that there was so much of a stuck mindset that I had and, and many other people have that actually stopped them from being, from doing their best and being what they want, uh, doing what they can achieve. Uh, and so when she eventually said, I'm going to offer a cause um, you know, that where people all over the, over the world can attend. I literally jumped at it. And th at that time, that was like many, many years ago before Zoom was very popular. I mean, nowadays, everyone's familiar with video conferencing, but during that time, it was not common. So she was one of the pioneers who, who took up the video conferencing offer uh, to offer a course internationally. So I jumped at it. Um, I, didn't, I had no idea what I was putting myself into. But it, it was so transformational because what I experienced in, in the business mastermind was just 10% of what this, this um, uh, lady was you know, offering. So she, she was the founder of the Met Coaching Institute, uh, Colette Stryker. And so um, after going through her program for six months, uh, I, I graduated a totally different person. And... I discovered my, my passion. I discovered my, my passion and an interest in coaching and in helping people. Um, and I think the first person that actually benefited from, from this, you know, from me attending this course was actually my daughter. So my daughter who was um, suffering from a chronic illness, um, she, she had really bad trauma from her illness and when she went to school she became um, so anxious that she she developed ticks and so with the little the new skill that I learned I actually was able to apply that with her and support her through her journey um, to help her overcome that um, and then I started to share this with other people and you know more people came to me by word of mouth and um, so yeah that was how I started off uh, and I discovered that this is something that I really love doing. I love seeing people transform. I love seeing people in a better space. And it was something I felt so comfortable doing. I didn't feel stressed. I didn't feel like I would wake up, you know, uh, feeling that like I don't want to get out of bed because I don't want to read another contract or face another client who's going to be screaming at me or something. So yeah, that totally aligned with um, my why in my life. And, um, and then that, that brought me eventually on to be um, able to teach other people. So not only was I able to coach others, I was able to teach other coaches and therapies. 
to help them in uh, mindset and emotional wellness mastery so that they can also help sort of other people. So it was meaningful for me because I could help others help others. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, that, that made, yeah. So, so it, I felt like it was a bigger purpose than, you know, uh, what I originally wanted, which was just to help someone, but now I could help others to help others. So meaning like if I could help a mom or a parent, I know that they would help their child who would eventually grow up to be like, you know, great contributors to our society and our future. If I could help a coach, they could help their coachee. And then that coachee could, you know, live a more amazing life and bring more smiles to people around them. If I could help a professional, they could help their team uh, to work better and achieve more work-life balance. And, you know, that could bring in, uh, lead into happier families. So that, that made a lot of sense for me. And it's like a ripple effect. So, yeah. So that was how I, I yeah, that was a turning point for me, you know, meeting Wonderful. my purpose. <laughs> Wonderful, Sophie. Um, do you remember which exercises you taught your daughter at that time when you started? Mm -hmm. So um, I applied the MAP method, which was what I was trained in. And the MAP method is actually a combination of mindfulness and uh, sort of subconscious work, like a neural, based on neuroscience. So um, bringing her and connecting her to the present. And then, um, you know, just using very simple mind management tools to shift the mindset and rewire the thinking um, was what really supported her through, um, through her, uh, you know, a recovery and her journey. But I think importantly was also that I could work on uh, myself because sometimes as a parent, um, you can't support your child if you're not in the right space as well. And I think um, it was me being supported and me transforming and changing that also sort of wrapped onto being able to support her eventually, which is why I think um, it has become quite a mission for me uh, to want to support parents uh, because then they can support their child. And what do you tell yourself, Sophie, when you're working with yourself to to get in the right space? Mm. Wow, it's a lot of, um, you know, coming back to yourself. Because a lot of times we are operating in like a cloud above our head. Everything is like a big mess. And I think it's important that we come back to ourselves, coming back to the present moment and just breathing. Because at that moment, everything is calm. And I like to, you know, talk about this visualization where um, when everything seems to be very overwhelming, the best place to be is to be sitting in a cafe that's nice and warm and you're having a, your favorite warm drink, hot drink, and you're just looking out of a window at a storm. The storm is all the, you know, the problems that you might have. And... Um, but when you're back into yourself and you're sitting there in that calm space, you can see things from a much more different perspective. Um, because when you're in a storm, you're going to get wet. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be cold. Um, and you're just fighting. You're just part of that storm and you're fighting. So when you can step out and just observe, um, yeah, you can see things from a different perspective and you might find new solutions 
to, to lead you along the new way. Hmm. Uh, imagine you have now five kids around you and every, everyone wants something from you. How do you connect with yourself? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's important um, to just breathe. The first thing, you know, when, when things go wrong is to just breathe. And I think breathing automatically helps our body to come back to a relaxed mode. And then um, you can decide what is the next step. So not to rush into things, not to go into the first impulse or the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but just take a breath and look around and see what's the next right thing that you're going to take. What's the next right step you can take? To, um, to help with the situation. And just imagine one, yeah. one child is, is crying, mom, mm -hmm. I, I feel so sad or I feel so overwhelmed from school. So what mm -hmm. do you tell her or him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the first thing is to listen and listen to them. Um, we don't have to say too much, I think just listening and acknowledging how they feel. And then I think uh, a big hug, maybe, um, letting them know that you are here to support them. Uh, and then I think the solution can come after. But first is to connect with the child, listen and uh, support them. It could be just sitting. Sometimes they just need a hug. Sometimes they just need you to sit next to them. Sometimes you can just put them on your lap, depending on how big the child is. <laughs> Not for mine anymore. <laughs> but when they were little, I think that was the easiest thing to do. I don't think we need to exchange too many words because I think when you are connected heart to heart, um, that's, that's where uh, the words will flow. And how do you connect with the heart, with your daughters you have two daughters how do you connect nowadays they are older they are mm. at what age oh my younger one is 12 so she's a twin yeah. and the other one is um 14 so she's in her teens so a, a tween and a teen <laughs> mm -hmm. yes and it's quite different from you know when they are children and as they move towards a teenage life uh, they can be quite different in, um, in the way they wish to interact with you. So I think we need to give them a lot of space, but constantly know that you are there. Um, I think sometimes they want their own space, but they also want you to be around. It's that kind of a very interesting stage where they want you and yet they don't want you. Um, so just being available um, and don't get offended if they say that they need you know, their own space, because that's just how teens are functioning. Um, but I'm very glad that with my children, we have a very open relationship, very open conversation. Um, I'm glad that I took the time to build a good foundation. It wasn't always that way, uh, because my, my older child, um, well, actually, what happened was when I spent a lot of time with my younger child, uh, because of her illness, I actually lost the connection with my older child. Um, and that was really tough. It took many, many years to build the relationship back to where it is today, actually. So we, we went through some struggles. So um, whatever stage you are, if you're a mom, um, know that, you know, it takes time to build a relationship, but don't give up. Um, you know, there are many ways and keep going for it. Uh, and so 
uh, I'm glad to have that openness with my team and my team uh, right now. And I think it's just got to do with a lot of um, respect, understanding, um, love, and know, letting them know that you are there. I think that's all they need. Like sometimes my daughter would just call me and like, mom, I need something. And like, what? Oh, I just need a hug. And that's really random. <laughs> and like, I would say, oh, no, I'm busy now. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm. You know, so just being there for them. Uh, yeah, whenever they, whenever they need something. I think that's important. Wonderful. And if now parents come to you with maybe that age, teenager age, which is kind of difficult. Yeah. Because I have two, two, two boys too. <laughs> so how, what do you tell the parents? How do you work with the parents? Mm -hmm. The first thing is always, I always um, ask the parents. So if the parent was saying something like, um, um, something that they're not satisfied with their child, maybe my child is unmotivated or something like that. I always ask the parents um, to look at, look inwards at themselves as well. So to me, the important thing is, um, um, I, I like to work with the parent first. And a lot of parents come and say, my child has a problem. Can you work with my child? I'm like, yes, I will. I can work with your child, but may I please work with you first? Um, because a lot of times um, the issue can be resolved by just working with the parents and um, finding out um, if they could change the way that maybe in some, sometimes in terms of their thinking, their approach, or unmet expectations. So I would say, I'll give myself an ex as an example, actually. There was a, a, some, time, some point in time where I felt um, dissatisfied with one of my child. And, um, and then I realized that it was actually my own personal expectations of my child you know, why was my child behaving like that? To me, it was unacceptable just because I grew up in a certain way and I was treated a certain way. I expected that my child would, you know, react or behave in a certain way that of, out of my expectation. But my child is not the same as me. My child did not grow up in the same circumstance that I grew up. So I couldn't have that kind of expectation. So when I started to look inwards at myself and started to work on my own personal issue, and my own personal expectations. I think our relationship uh, improved uh, from that exercise. And I started to see her from a different perspective why she was behaving like that. Uh, instead of being critical and comparing, uh, comparing to my own childhood, which is, you know, it's not relevant anymore. So I think sometimes um, it's helpful if parents can look back at themselves. Like for example, some parents come to me and they're, um, having certain expectations in terms of uh, academic achievements, maybe because they didn't achieve certain academic achievements when they were a student and they have that projected on their child. Or I had a parent who was complaining that her child was um, not motivated and not focused with their studies. And then we realized that when, she, when this parent was next to the child, the phone was next to her. So the parent was responding to messages all the time and no wonder the child was distracted and so when we identified that and uh, she realized that wow you know um actually the stress was coming from the parent to have to respond to work messages all the time and when we were able to um, kind of neutralize that stress and feel better that okay 
I can leave my phone aside for 30 minutes and not respond to my work calls for 30 minutes. I can give that 30 minutes to be present with my child and help my child with the work. The relationship improved, the child's um, studies and motivation improved as well. Some examples. This is so powerful. Great, Sophie. <laughs> Do you have uh, other examples? Okay, so there was parent who said that the child was manipulative um, the child was like mean and uh, it sounded like she didn't like her child at all because the child was always um, you know wanting uh, was doing a lot of uh, bad like uh, bad actions like bad behavior um, to the point of attacking other people or hurting other people so she spoke pretty poorly of her child but when we worked through, we realized that the mother was always on a, um, on a business trip. And so we discovered that the child was doing all these things to get her attention because that was the only way that the mother would respond. And so when we worked on the mother's um, work stress level and the workload, um, helping her to feel more balanced between work and, uh, and family, um, she realized that, you know, um, yeah, she came the next session and she said to me, actually, there's nothing wrong with my child now, but I like more sessions for myself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's why I like the work that I do. <laughs> it's really, you know, um, you're helping two, not just one, not just the child, but you're helping two people. And then you're helping the whole family because uh, when one, one member of the family is happy, it helps to improve the happiness and harmony in the family as well. The whole so family benefits. So beautiful, Sophie. <laughs> Thank you. If someone is listening now and um, yeah, have done a lot of self-reflection maybe, but still have has problem with their children, what would you recommend to start with? I think the first thing is maybe asking yourself, what is the most important thing in your life? And I think it's something that I learned sometime last year. Um, and, and, and although I, I do support a lot of parents, you know, and, and family and all that, like it, this really happened to me. Um, last year when, um, when the pandemic, pandemic broke out, um, I started to see an increase in um, people reaching out to me to support in coaching and stuff. So I spent a lot of time uh, coaching people and I started to have a very full schedule and it started to take up my weekends my evenings and even holidays and then one day my daughter said to me you don't have time for me and um, that really broke my heart and then I started to come back to my why and I said you know actually what is the most important thing for me uh, you know and you know I stepped out of a corporate role you know, to move into this. And one of the reasons is so that, you know, I could, besides it, meeting my why of helping others, um, it was also so that I could have time for my, to be with my children in a more flexible way. Um, but then now um, I'm giving them my leftover time. So everyone's booking everything except my kids. And my kids are always, oh, sorry, I have no time for you. Sorry, I need to go for coaching now. Sorry, I'm going for school for, for, to teach now. Um, and so, um, that really um, hit me 
And uh, I started to rearrange things uh, around how I operate. And things got better this year. It got, you know, it, my family, you know, is uh, much more harmonious and everyone is happy. So I would say for any parent, think about what is important for you. What do you truly, truly desire? And what's important? Is it your family or is it your work or what is important right now? And then really focus on that. And I think everything will just fall into place. If you plan, uh, if you plan your, your life, your time around what's important, um, the rest will, will just align accordingly. So if you plan your time around, if work is important for you right now, and I'm not saying that, you know, there's no right and wrong because everyone is different in their priorities. But if work is important for you right now and you plan things around there, then whatever the circumstance you are, everything, you know, would just fall the way it is. But if let's say family was important and you're spending more time on work, um, even if you're achieving what you want in your work, it's not going to be fulfilling and things are just not going to work out, which was what I experienced uh, end of last year. So even though I was doing well with uh, work and all, um, my family life was not balanced. So uh, really be very clear. I think as a fan, as a, as a um, parent, um, think of what is important for you and just work around that, your priority. So you're the founder of Hearty Moms. What yes. is it? So it's really about um, having moms in mind because um, and I work a lot with working moms. Yeah, so a lot of my clients are working moms and professionals. And I think working moms bring with them a very, uh, a, a very unique set of um, challenges. Um, and mostly they are very torn between work and between home and family and kids and a whole range of roles that they play because they are the daughter <laughs> uh, to their own parent, they are a mother to their child, they're, they may be a working professional, and then they come home, they're running the household, and they're also a wife. They have a lot, a lot of roles, and every role seems to be tugging at them. Uh, and in Singapore, we call it the sandwich generation, where if, if you're at that stage where your parents are aging and they are also um, commonly facing health issues, then you're torn between looking after your children who may be young and uh, seniors or, or aged parents who, who may be uh, unwell. So there is a lot of uh, uh, special challenges for, for moms, uh, especially who are working. So Hearty Moms is all about supporting moms to lead um, a balanced work life and to seek um, being um, hearty and fulfilled, to be happy and to be feeling um, supported and meaningful in what they're doing. And where can people reach you, Sophie? Ah, thanks, Esther. So people can, um, they can go to my website to find out more of uh, what I do. It's uh, sophiehon.com. Or they can um, look for my Facebook page, which is Hearty Mums, or join my private Facebook page for Working Mums. It's free. And it's called the Hearty Working Moms Circle, a fulfilling work life, raising thriving kids. Great. Maybe our audience, there are some moms listening. What are the three advice you can give them, Sophie? I think the first one would be that asking for help is not a weakness. 
because I think a lot of times uh, we have a lot of challenges and mums especially, but we tend to we tend to think that we're superwoman. <laughs> we don't reach out for help or, you know, we just think that we can do it all. And actually that was me uh, during, you know, when I was going through uh, those difficult times. So I think asking for help is not a weakness, but it's actually an efficient way to get you where you want to be faster and better. And um, get help from the right person. Uh, if you get help from the right person, you can, you know, uh, you can be better, faster, and with ease, easily. And then um, I think it's important to know your why. Um, use it as a guide to, you know, um, to guide you along your choices and your actions and your decisions. So I think I mentioned earlier, um, ask yourself, what do I truly, truly desire? And I do this every day, actually. I ask myself, you know, what do I truly, truly desire? And that may change depending on your circumstance from time, you know, from day to day. But knowing that really sets the tone for the day and how you make decisions and how you would feel about where you are. Um, and then I think thirdly, just be yourself. Be yourself and be authentic. You don't need to be someone you're not or you don't have to live up to the expectations of other people. Um, because that would cause a lot of stress and a lot of conflicts for you. So just be yourself, be authentic. I think uh, from a mom's point of view, sometimes we feel like, oh, that mom is so cool. She's got this cool party for their child. Or, you know, this other mom is doing so well. And, but that's, that's, you know, just other moms. But like you are yourself and you have your unique points. So it's important just to be yourself, uh, be comfortable. And um, then you can live with ease and really live out your true life and be happy. Wow, that was so powerful, Sophie. Thank you so much for your great teaching. I'm sure this will help a lot of parents, but also adults. And thank you so much for having been here. Thank you, Esther. It's my pleasure. <laughs>